I'm very excited to be talking about worship. Worship's something that's like really near and dear to my heart. I asked Josh about six months ago if he had any good books or um, knew any good books that I would like. And he was like, yeah, there's one. Um, it's called The Celebration of Discipline. Actually, it was more like Josh, so it was like, um, yes, it's called The Celebration of Discipline. <laughs> and I was like, okay, um, what's that about? Because uh, my first thought was, discipline is not a fun thing, so how can you celebrate it? So I was really interested in it, and I was, I was at SCS, so I was heading back to campus. And I was like, I mean, I guess I'll stop by the Wicomico Library. If they have it, I grab it. If not, not a big deal. So I stopped by the library, and they had it. So I grabbed it, and um, I started it, and it was like one of those books that like you just kind of can't put down. And um, it went through and talked about you know the inward, outward disciplines, a lot that we've covered. And worship was definitely one of my favorite ones. And so um, then I was really excited when Josh told us we were going to do a series on all the disciplines. And um, I was like, oh, that's really exciting. And then he's like, yeah. A couple weeks later, he was like, yeah, um, do you want to do one? And I was like, oh, it's not so exciting. <laughs> but um, so I thought about it for like a week. And then it just kind of like came over me. And I was like, I really actually do want to do that. So I am going to do this, the discipline on worship. I'm going to start with this scripture, Psalms 100, 1 through 5. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And so I'm just going to catch all of you up who haven't been here for the um, disciplines that we've done. I've talked about fasting, prayer, simplicity, solitude, and a couple others too. And worship's going to be the last one of our series. But just a reminder about kind of what discipline is. It's a practice of obeying. So just like when parents are um, disciplining their children, they're helping them obey. They're teaching them to obey. And that's basically just what a discipline is. And then if you take it into the setting of a spiritual discipline, it's the practice of full-time performance of actions and activities for the purpose of cultivating spiritual development. And um, again, it is a practice, but it is full-time. It's not something you can do part of the time. It has to fill your whole spirit if you want it to be spiritual development. Again, with parenting, you don't parent them half the time and hope they turn out 100%. You're always parenting. You're always going to be a parent. Spiritual discipline is a little bit different, though, because it's an inward thing. It's not something that really is just shown on the outside. It's definitely within your heart, and that's a little bit about what a spiritual discipline is. And again, Doug introduced the idea of proactive versus reactive, and that's just kind of like preparing before you have to, you know, present when you're faced with a challenge. A good example of that is in marriage. You want to be praying for your marriage all along. You don't want to just pray for it when it gets rough, you know? You want to be prepared for it. If you wait until the last minute, then it's not going to go so well when you start praying when things are already bad. So that's just kind of a catch-up of where we've been on the disciplines. So what do you guys think of when you hear worship? Just throw out like any random term that comes to your mind. Chris Tomlin. Chris Tomlin, that's a good one. <laughs> Josh James. Singing? Yes. Absolutely. Any other ones? Do we sometimes ever think of terms like adoration, like giving God all the praise and desire that he deserves, or in our actions? Is everything that we do, which is our actions, is that worshiping God? Also selflessness, it's not about us. It's about God and it's about what we can do for him and not what he can do for us. And then surrender and even something like sacrifice. 
And sacrifice might not be something you think of when you think of worship. But that's exactly what worship is. It is sacrifice. So it is something that we have to use as a discipline. It is something that we have to discipline ourselves with so that we can obey. Worship should be considered a spiritual discipline because it's an ordered way of acting and living that sets us before God so that we can be transformed by God. Worship is a time where your spirits can connect with God. You're placed before Him. And that's a little bit nerve-wracking because you could be placed before Him in order to fail, and that happens. You also can be placed before Him to succeed, and that's when it's the most powerful. If you don't place yourself in front of Him with the fear of maybe failing, then you never will succeed, and you won't have that powerful experience of worship. Um, And that comes from that book that I read earlier. And then it definitely is a practice. Like if you think about it with fasting, fasting is so hard. It's something that literally takes a physical toll on your body. And that's exactly what worship should be also. It should take a physical toll on your body. It should be something that you're always thinking of, something that you always want to do. And so what might that look like? That could look like anything like quieting your heart before God, removing distractions. You have to set yourself up in order to discipline yourself for that. And then, like I mentioned, the essence of worship, it really is when God's spirit's connecting with our spirits. The ultimate expression of worship is love. When we're worshiping, we're telling God that we love him. And our purpose is to worship God. It's like this innate vacuum that we are made for, to just follow God and to worship God and to be with him and to be in his presence. And without it, we're living less than God ever intended us for be. We are intended to worship. We are intended to love God. And it is a perfect moment that he gives us to be able to be with him. Some things that worship isn't, it's not coming to church. It's not fellowship here together. It's not singing or responsive calls, confession or offering, or even scripture. But all of those things are like fantastic elements that allow us to have worship. They all come together in order for us to experience that moment with God. So then you might think like, how are we supposed to do this? How are we supposed to partake in worship? And I love this quote. I went to a worship conference a couple months ago, and the guy said this, Worship is an act and attitude of wholehearted giving of yourself to God, heart, soul, body, and mind. Um, And actions really is self-giving. It's selflessness towards God. Paul says in Romans 12 that it's our spiritual act of worship is to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. And the second part to that quote is an attitude. It's supposed to be wholehearted and sincere. Insincerity would show that we don't fully love God, that we aren't fully there with him. And actions, they're a physical expression of love. It's something we can see. It's not something that's invisible. So what does this look like? And this looks exactly like our passions. It's our design. It's what we were made for. Your passions are inside of you, and there's nothing you can do to change them. It's what gives you life. It's what makes you happy, brings you joy. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. God tells us that. It's a way for our spirit to connect with his. It's something that he just gives us, and it's for us to be able to respond to him and to connect with him. Just a couple examples of actions and passions in my life. I love to play the guitar. I love to sing. Music is just a way for me to be able to connect with God. I know sometimes if I feel like a little bit distant from God, if I get out my guitar and I play some worship songs, I like it. Goosebumps, it's just like one of those moments that you can really feel God working with inside of you. Uh, Another one, my grandma hobby. I love to crochet. Um, 
I don't know. It's just something very meditative that you can do, and your hands can just just work, and you can just chill and relax. And if anybody knows me, I don't do a whole lot of relaxing. So when I do that, it's a really wonderful thing. And my favorite thing to do is to uh, put an audio Bible on and put it in my headphones and just like listen and just have my hands going. And it's just, it's so, it's so peaceful. I know that I'm an audio, auditory learner um, in class. I record lectures so I can listen back to them. So that's just one of my passions that I know that I can um, find God in that way. Another one is running. You're welcome, Kelly Benner, for the picture if you're here. I love to run. Most people say, yeah, no, nobody loves to run. That's what my sister always says. She says, nobody actually really loves to run. But yeah, there's sometimes I don't want to go running, but it's just one of those things where you can like release endorphins and you're just like happier and you feel better. But I have so totally almost been that girl at the gym that is on a treadmill and I'm listening to Lecrae, which is the only time I will ever listen to Christian rap. But I'll be on the treadmill, and it's like towards the end of my workout, and it's like 20, 30 minutes, and I'm like ready to die and get off. And um, it's like the climax of my workout, and then the climax of the song is building, and I'm just like, yes, yes, you know? And I'm on the treadmill. And all of a sudden, I just want to be like, can I get an amen? And then I realize where I am. And that has not happened yet. But I see it playing out just being like, okay, all right. I'm just going to get off and leave now. But it's just one of those things. I just get so pumped about it when I'm, when I'm going. I don't know. It's just one of my passions. And I know that it's one of my passions. And it's awesome to follow your passions when you know what they are. And when you can feel that connection with God, it's important to respond to it. It's important to feel him. And uh, lastly, I don't really know where it came from, but I have this like love and passion for ASL, which is American Sign Language. Just recently in the past year, I've gotten involved in a church that has a deaf community and everybody that goes there is deaf and the service is in sign language. If you've ever learned a language before, you know that there's, like if you translate it from English to Spanish, you'll kind of get a different meaning toward it a little bit. And ASL is a lot like that. And it gives a new and fresh vibe sometimes for the Bible, even if I just see a verse that I have read a thousand times. Um, if I see it signed and I am trying to translate it to what it actually means, it gives a new like look to it and a new vibe. And um, I learn things that I didn't know before, or maybe realize things I didn't realize before. So that's just one of my passions. And I definitely am going to follow it now that I know it's there. I don't really know where it came from at all. I, d I never knew any deaf people, so I'm not really sure. I would encourage you to figure out what your passions are. Even if you look in Psalms, and David talks about playing on his harp, his flute, being on his knees, just find your expression and your style of worship and follow it with all that you have. That, that action is so important for worship. And then the second part of it, the attitude, the wholehearted attitude. In John, it says, you must worship in spirit and in truth. And you can't do it one without the other. If you have truth, but you don't have the spirit, it's just dry. You know what I mean? If you're trying to go through and read your Bible or doing whatever you're doing, and it's just, it's really dry, ask the spirit to be there with you because you can't do it without it. And you can't do the spirit without the truth because then you're just missing the whole point of the gospel. You have to have both of those things for true worship to take place and praise and thanksgiving. This one's a little bit harder, though, because it's not visible. Your actions, they're visible. They're, you're able to know, you know what's going on. You can see it. But your attitude, you can't always see. And that's, that's what makes it a little bit harder. 
And personal worship, this connection with God from the in out, it's the only way we get to corporate worship. And by corporate worship, I just mean coming here together, joining together with all the elements that I talked about earlier. But you need that personal worship. You need that attitude to be right. When we come here together, think how much more powerful it would be if we all had our personal worship just ready. If we came in the door rather than like ready to worship, we just came in worshiping. And that would just be so, so much more powerful. So your attitude definitely has to be wholehearted. And when, it, when it's not sincere, it's like, if, if love is the expression of worship, and if we're not sincere in our attitudes, what, what is that saying to God? It's kind of saying like, do we not love him wholly? Do we not love him completely? Is it half-hearted love that we're giving to him? Which is a scary thought, because I don't want God to ever think I love him halfway. I definitely want to have the mindset and the attitude to follow him completely, 100%. And I want him to know that and feel that. And so it's important to check yourself and make sure that you do have the right attitude, because it's, it's a big deal. So then, um, in the words of Josh James, what does this look like? Um, <laughs> this looks like just four simple steps that I kind of put together a little bit. Practicing the presence of God. It's inward adoration. It's praying without ceasing. It's, it's being with God, putting yourself in front of God and in the presence of God. Secondly, it's different expressions of worship. Like I said, with your actions, find your passions, follow them, connect with God through them, be able to meet him just through whatever your style of worship is. It could be anything. Maybe you love to dance. Maybe you love to play golf and you love that quietness and you can spend it with God. Maybe you love parenting and you just, when you're playing with your kids, you can just feel God and you feel connected to God. Just know what those are and be able to find them and follow them. Thirdly, be prepared and have willingness to gather in the power of Christ. So that's just like when you're here, when you're not here, when you're in God's presence, let go of any agendas, any concerns. Pray for openness before you even get here. Don't just wait here to be filled. Be filled elsewhere and come here and fill others. Our worship will be a lot more powerful that way. And God has the option to be as powerful as he wants. If we're prepared and ready for him, he can do anything he wants. And lastly, and most importantly, I think, is holy dependency. We can't do any of this on our own. We can't find our passions and follow them. We can't check our attitudes all on our own. We have to depend on God and depend on his power and his holiness. We need to be in need of it. We need to be looking for God to move, looking for God to act, looking in ways where God can act. And just kind of quieting our soul before him, not always talking, not always talking, you know, listening a lot of the time, which is a hard thing to do, as busy as we are. And that goes again to the preparedness part. Whatever you have to do to get your spirit to be in line with God's, to be in God's present, do it. Take care of the actions that you know that are important. Check your attitude, make sure that you're sincere. Just do whatever you have to do to be able to come on with God. And practice it. It is a discipline. It's just as hard as fasting. It's just as hard as praying without ceasing. It's just as important as spending solitude time with God. We don't always think of worship as something that we have to practice. And I think that's what makes it a really hard one too, is because you don't think about it, that you actually need to be in practicing it. And if it's our way of showing God we love him, it should be something that we're practicing 24-7, 365.